So, you know, we've been going through a series on the Lord's Prayer. And in the first few weeks, if you've been, you know, tracking with us these, these past, like, four weeks, you're realizing that it's not just this nice prayer that you've been praying your whole life on, on Sunday service, is it? There's a lot more to it. It's a lot heavier than what we thought. You know, because what it's saying is that our whole lives are supposed to be about what? God alone. This is what Jesus is saying, you know, in the first few lines, that our whole lives are to be about God alone. And not just about who he is, but about what he values. His glory, his kingdom, and his will. And every part of our lives are supposed to be about him. And if we are, and if we're tracking with Jesus, and we're, we're you know, we're, we're like locked into his plan and the things he wants for our lives, then, and if we're fully given over to that, then all of a sudden we become these instruments that God will use powerfully in this world, by him and for him. And in turn, as we get used by God, we genuinely and deeply experience the joy of knowing Christ and following Christ. And that's what we were saved for. This is why God saved us, okay? And that's exactly what Jesus is reminding us of. But if we are not fully his, even though we pray for those first four lines of the Lord's Prayer, then what? What did we say last week? Then we need to pray a lot more, don't we? We haven't prayed enough. Because prayer is what? It's intimate heart exchanges so that our hearts, which are probably not aligned with God's, can become aligned with his heart, his will, his desires, and his values. This is why we pray. And this is why Jesus is telling us in the Lord's Prayer, this is how we are to pray. And it's so important that we get here, okay? And if I, if I ever do this, you know exactly what that means now, right? And it's so important that we get here because our hearts have to be aligned with God's. Because we're about to get to three requests that are for us now. Remember the first three requests are for God, his name, his kingdom, his will. And then the next three requests are actually for us. And the thing is, if we're not aligned with God, then it's kind of useless to pray these next three prayers. Even though they're for us, it really is kind of useless because these three requests for us only matter in light of a life that is fully aligned with God. Do you guys see that? If you're not fully aligned with God, it kind of doesn't matter if you pray these prayers or not, these, these next three requests. Let me explain to you why. You know, the first one says what? That we are to, you know, we are asking God, give us today our daily bread. And basically, you know, if I were to sum that up, it's a prayer of dependence. It's basically declaring, God, I need you for everything. That's what we're saying. Okay, there we go. I just, that's the whole sermon for today. Okay, God, I need you for everything. But if we're actually living self-reliant lives, then if we pray this prayer, aren't we kind of just lying to ourselves and lying to God? Hey, I'm going to do everything in my power to live for myself, and I'm going to depend upon myself for everything. But, oh, God, I need you. I don't know. It doesn't make sense, you know, and that's exactly what we're doing. Didn't Jesus just preach against that kind of religiosity, fake praying, that kind of stuff? You know, the next one is about forgiveness. You know, we're asking God for forgiveness. We're asking God to give us the power to forgive others. What is that saying? It's basically asking God to give us a gospel-driven life. Help my life be a life of redemption, a life of forgiveness, a life of reconciliation. But there's really no reason to pray this if we're honestly living for our own dreams and our own desires. You know, God, give me a gospel-driven life, but only if I get to get everything I want. It doesn't make sense. You know what I'm saying? So, um, if we're not living for God and making him greater, then praying that part 
is just making ourselves feel better about our own sinfulness. Did you ever think about that? Isn't it terrible? Sorry. But it is. We pray, oh, forgive our sins so I can forgive other people. But we, if we're not sincere about living for God and making him great in our lives, then we're just praying that prayer to make ourselves feel good about our forgiveness in Christ. And what good is that if we're not going to live a gospel-driven life? Lastly, we pray, we pray what? Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. What's the point of asking God to make us more holy if we're not living for the holy of holies? You know what I'm saying? All that, all that stuff is just practicing... Uh, all that stuff is basically uh, religious exercises. That's all it is. That really have no spiritual weight. You know what I'm saying? We're just faking it. It's like fake spirituality. You know, and at the end of the day, the only reason why we pray it so sincerely is to make ourselves feel good before God. Right? We're not trying to make God great. But we pray these things to make ourselves feel good before God. And if you think about that, that's absolutely not just silly, but it's absolutely stupid. You know, God's not that dumb. You know, but yet somehow human beings think we can get away with like fake spirituality or fake Christianity. And what we don't realize is whenever we do stuff like that, all it does is really, in a practical way, separate us from God even more. That's why the Pharisees and the guys like the Pharisees were so separated from God, because they were so into religious practices, but they weren't into aligning themselves with God, actually. And what it does is it creates distance between you and God, so much to the point where maybe this has happened to you before. You wake up one day and you're like, dude, why am I so far away from God? Why do I not know his heart? Why do I not feel his presence? Even though I've been going to church, even though I even went to, I go to those Friday night prayer meetings. Maybe it's because you're not, your heart is not really aligned with God, but you expect God to perform for you, even though you're not really his. Does that even make sense? I mean, who really is the God and who's the, who's the slave? You know what I'm saying? Who's the master and who's the servant here? And then if we continue on that path, sometimes we even start blaming God. God, why aren't you doing this stuff in my life? You know, I've been doing the whole church thing. I've been doing the spiritual thing. I'm not full of years, I know, but, but I've been doing those things. And we'll blame God for not giving us what we want. But they're probably the reason why is because we have been praying wrong the whole time. Do you guys see that? We've been talking about praying bad, praying good, praying wrong, praying right. And that's why Jesus says here, bottom line is, it's so important to pray like this. You must pray like this. Right? And it's so important to pray like this to make sure that God is first and central in our lives. Only then will the rest of the prayer actually not only make sense, but will the rest of the prayer actually have true life-changing, God-glorifying power in your life that you will experience, that you'll feel, that you'll see that will lead you to deeper and greater satisfaction and joy in Christ, which is what you are saved for. Do you see that? But it only happens when you're centered on God first. Cool? Should we move on to the request now? Okay. You know. With that in mind, here we go. Let's remind ourselves, before we get there, I just want to remind, remind ourselves of one thing. And if you didn't notice it, I just want to share something really cool with you. The first three requests, you know, for, God, for God's name, for God's kingdom, and God's will. If you never notice it, this is the greatest commandment, isn't it? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and being. That's what it is. And if we're not loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and being, then we're not going to, this doesn't make sense to us. It doesn't make sense because the next three requests really is to do what? To love our neighbors as ourselves. That's what really it's all about. Right? It's amazing. If you didn't notice it, that's what it is. Okay, Eddie, how are you sure? How do you know that's true? You're just making it up. You're trying to make something else fit into you know this stuff, but it's not true. And let me prove to you why. If you look at verse 11, you know who is this request for? 
We're asking God to give us something, right? But who are we asking on behalf of? Is it me? Is it I? God, give me this. No, it is God, give what? Us. Isn't that interesting? God, give us our daily bread. And so uh, what I'm going to do today, sorry I didn't share with you, is I'm just going to basically go over three key words in this phrase to help us understand exactly why Jesus wants us to pray this. And the first word we're going to go over is the word us or our. Okay, why does God want us to pray for us? Well, here we go. Maybe you never thought like this, but here we go. It means that God wants all of our requests for our individual needs to be seen and understood in light of our church community. Isn't that interesting? God wants us to pray for our individual needs in light of our church community, just as our individual lives need to be seen and understood in the light of God's glory, God's name, God's kingdom, and God's will, just like we've been talking about the past few weeks, our requests for ourselves must be seen in light of this church, the family of God. Have you ever thought about that way? You know, that's exactly what he's saying. What does that mean practically? It means that when we ask for things in our lives, like physical things or spiritual things, it is so that we can use those gifts that God will bless us with to be a blessing to others. That's it. God gives us the answers to prayers and God gives us things that we need so that we can bless our church community with those gifts and answers to prayer. That's it. Did you ever think about that? Did you ever, did you ever realize that? That's what he's saying here. We've been praying this prayer forever, but the goal of this prayer, the goal of receiving the blessings from God individually is so that we can serve our church family with those gifts. Right? I thought it was just for me, man. You know, I thought God just wants to provide for my stuff. Yes, it's true. But only in light of how you're going to use that stuff to serve your church community, to serve other believers. You know, for many of us today, you know, we don't need to pray for bread because we have an overabundance of the necessities of life, don't we? You know, that's what we have. We actually have an overabundance of food, shelter, and clothing. And in light of that, you know, a lot of times it's our riches many times that is an impediment to our faith and growing in our faith rather than an impetus for like our growth and our generosity and, and our blessing of other people. And what I mean by that is this. You know, a lot of times in our lives when, you know, we have an overabundance of things, don't we? You know, you guys have a lot of food in your fridge. You guys have enough petrol in your car. You have, you have everything. You have enough clothes in your closet. We have everything. But instead of thinking, God, how can I use my overabundance of stuff to bless others and to help others, what do we say? We look at our overabundant closet. We're like, mm, I don't have a dress in red. So I'm gonna, I, need, I need a red one. You know, I don't have a pair of shoes in purple. I need a pair of shoes, you know, or whatever it is, you know. I have these types of snacks, but I don't have Korean snacks. I have Western snacks. But I don't have enough Korean snacks. And this is what we do. We think about what we don't have rather than using what we, the overabundance of what we have to be a blessing to other people. Am I right? And that's what plagues our society today. But God's saying here what? I gave you all that stuff so that you can share that with others, to be a blessing to others, to bless others with that overabundance. So this part of the prayer reminds us that we've been given the necessities of life and the luxuries of life so that we can share and bless other people with them. That's why there's never an, a me or a my or an I in the Lord's Prayer. There is only us's and we's and ours, right? Because it's never about us. It is always about being a blessing to others. Our Father is a family-oriented God, and that is exactly what God 
is calling us to. Have you ever tried to pray that? This is what I'm going to do. This is what I did this week, just for fun. I tried not to pray any prayers using I, me, or my. But instead, when I was tempted to, I replaced it with us, we, and our. Did you ever try that? Try that this week. It's absolutely amazing. And let me tell you why. Because, you know, at the beginning of this week, I was feeling a little bit sick. You know, oh, should I get COVID tested? You know, I was feeling a little bit sick, a little bit run down. And so what did I do? I said, God, oh, please heal me. Heal us. So I said, oh, heal us. And then the thing I thought about was, here we go. If, I, if you pray, God, heal me, then I'm only going to think about me and how bad I am and my bad state, right? But all of a sudden you say, heal us of our sicknesses. And it made me realize maybe there are other people in my church that are sick too. And so I just said, oh, God, if there are, I may not know them, but God bless them too. Heal them too. All of a sudden I started to think about my church. I started to think about my officers. I started to think about my CG leaders. God, are they sick? You know? It makes you think about your community. And I think that's exactly what God wants us to do. And so try it this week. Instead of replace all your me, my's, and I's with us's and we's and ours. And let that transform and enlarge your heart for the people that God really cares about, which is this church family. You guys get that? You guys understand that? You know, uh, now that we understand the goal and the purpose of these requests, which is God blesses us and gives us gifts, and especially an overabundance of gifts, so that we can use them to bless our church family. Let's look at the actual request itself. And the first word that we're going to look at here is today. Okay, that's the second word we're actually going to look at. You know, if there's, there's actually something very peculiar about the word today, uh, especially in this phrase of only a few words. Did you, ever, did you notice that it's repeated? Not only is there today, but there's daily so there's repetition there, isn't it? If you didn't notice, there's also us and our. Do you know what repetition means in Scripture? It's very intentional. Repetition in Scripture always means emphasis. Whenever you see two things, it always means emphasis. So what is Christ trying to emphasize behind this? What he's saying is that he wants us to come to God repeatedly and regularly. That's the whole point of the, the, you know, the emphasis. You see, this word daily is a very unique word. Believe it or not, it's only used once in all of Scripture in this place right here. When you look at all extra-biblical literature, like in Greek literature, all that kind of stuff, it only appears once in history. So in all of history, it only appears twice, this one word daily. And basically, outside of Scripture, it's found like like on a shopping list. It's something so mundane. They found this word like on a shopping list. So what does that tell us? What does that teach us? And especially in light of our verse today. When we pray this phrase, we're basically asking God, just give us what we need today. You don't have to give us more. We depend upon you, and we're looking to you right now because we need what only you can give us today. Which means that if God's commanding us to pray that, then he expects us to come to him regularly and repeatedly. Right? That's what he's commanding us to do. Right? Jesus says, pray like this. Ask him for daily bread today. Which means he wants you to come to him regularly and repeatedly. You know, in Jewish culture back then, and in, in many societies now outside of the Western world, there are a lot, of, a lot of human beings and a lot of families, they don't know when their next meal is going to come. You know what I'm saying? They have to work today in order to get paid so they can ba- pay for tomorrow's groceries. That's what they do. They live on a day-to-day basis. So, you know, God tells them to pray these prayers because, hey man, you need to depend upon me for that daily bread, literally, in your life. So he's teaching them very literally, you know, dependence upon God. But how about people like us, people who are overly abundant? You know, we don't need daily bread in this, in this uh, classic way. We're, we're actually fortunate 
and blessed that we don't need our daily rations. You know, once again, we said a lot, we have a lot of food in our, in our kitchens probably for a whole month, you know. We have enough pairs of shoes for a whole month. You know, we have enough clothes in our closets to feed a small village. Or enough clothes in our closet, yeah, to feed a small village. All that kind of stuff. We have so much money in our bank accounts that we entertain taking vacations, things like that. So what's our responsibility? How are we supposed to pray this prayer? And what does God want from us by praying this prayer? And you know what the answer is? The exact same thing. He wants us to pray this prayer so that we could cultivate an attitude of dependence upon God for all things. So it doesn't matter if you're a poor, like, if you're absolutely poor, or you're like an oil tycoon and you have tons and tons of money. What God wants from us as we pray this prayer is ultimate dependence upon him, knowing that he is the one that provides all things for us and though he's the one that continually sustains all things within our lives so that we can say, God, you that's who you are, and that's what you're doing, and I recognize that, and I acknowledge that, and because of that, I continually come to you and ask that you continue to sustain us, you continue to uh, uphold us, and you continue, God, to provide what only you can within our lives. So uh, that's exactly what God wants. And, you know, I think the greatest challenge for us in, as Western Christians today is to keep our hearts dependent upon him and is to keep our hearts trusting in him and not to let our hearts gravitate towards becoming entitled. You know what I'm saying? God provides all these great things for us, but yet we complain, man, you know, I could only afford a Corolla instead of a Mercedes, you know, and we get like angry at God because we're not being blessed abundantly more, you know, when there's like so many people that can't even afford a used car, this kind of stuff. And this is what we like, we become entitled. But how do we prevent our hearts be- from becoming sour like that? And the answer really is by praying this prayer. We do that by acknowledging to God every single day that He's the source of all things and that we are being continually upheld by His grace. Deuteronomy 8. 17 and 18, this is a great verse for you guys to memorize. Deuteronomy 8, 17, 18 says, You may say to yourself, my power and strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth, and so confirms his covenant which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. Do you guys know this verse? You guys got to know this verse and memorize this verse when you pray this prayer, right? Look at that. My power and strength. Okay, it's gone. My power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for you. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. You know, in other words, yeah, yes, you have the ability to provide for your family, which is awesome, which is great, which is your responsibility. But who gave you that ability? It's God. Right? Where did that ability come from? It's God. Right? God is the one that blesses you with good health so that you can actually get up in the morning and put on your shoes and go to work. God's the one that sustains your company so that they can actually write that paycheck for you. I know they just print it, and I don't, they probably just send it through electronic, whatever. But you know, God's the one that sustains your company so that you can get paid. You know, God's the one that's doing all these things, and we must never forget that everything that we have and everything that we need and everything in this world is being upheld by God, by the grace of God every single second. We breathe by the grace of God. Our blood moves by the grace of God. Do you know what I'm saying? Your company is alive because of the grace of God. This is him. So to pray, you know, give us today our daily bread, we're saying, Father, all I have has been given by you. 
And whether I have things in abundance or whether I lack them immensely, I'm going to look to you only and trust in you only to provide for me in every single way today, from breathing to thinking to strategizing, from walking to talking to studying, from all of my abilities to all of my strengths and all of my weaknesses, everything comes and is sustained by your grace. I acknowledge that. That's all from you. Help me never take it for granted. Help me to every single day recognize it and continually ask you to sustain me even more today. Right? And what does that do on a practical level? It keeps us humble, don't we? You know? It prevents us from saying, oh man, this is mine. I did it. You know? Look at me. I'm like, the shiz, you know, or whatever. You know, yeah, that's, how, that's what we do, and that's exactly what God's doing. God's teaching us to be dependent upon him daily, but it's not because he wants just to keep us in this humble spiritual position, which actually is really healthy for us, but it's not because he wants to, like, oppress us or to keep us down in this humble spiritual position. That's not his goal whatsoever, but because, just like we learned last week, if we are not aligned with him, when we are not aligned with him and dependent upon him, what are we going to do? Our own will. And what did we say last week? When we live our own will, it's what? It's always destructive. But God's gifts are always what? Good. It's always what? Perfect. And this is what God as a father wants to give us. But when we live our own will and we're so like dead bent on asking God to give us what we want, then we forsake the good and perfect for the destructive. Do you see that? And this is why God wants us to be dependent and why God wants our hearts to be aligned with his so that we, can, we as his children will only enjoy the best and the most perfect gifts that he wants to give us. This is his desire. This is what is driving God to make us pray like this. It's not to be oppressed and to keep us humble because my kids need to stay humble. But it's so that we can only enjoy the good and perfect gifts that he wants to give us and we forsake those things when we choose to live our own will. You guys understand that? We pray this prayer so that God and his will will be central to our lives. We pray this prayer so that we can continually be blessed with good and perfect gifts, not destructive ones. And therefore, here we go, to put it all together, when God blesses us with enough and more than enough, we can generously and worshipfully share these good and perfect gifts with everyone else in our church. Right? So instead of strategizing for how you're going to use your abundance for yourself tomorrow, Let's ask God to bless us with the heart to share his good and perfect gifts with others today. Okay? Now, there's one last word that I want to cover, which is the word bread. Now, bread in the original language means bread. Okay, that's so stupid. But it's, it's important because the whole reason why I point that out is because basically it doesn't mean lobster. It doesn't mean caviar. You know, it doesn't mean like 100-day dry-aged steaks. Oof. You know, it doesn't mean those things. And the, the whole point is that you know, we are not to pray for, our, for luxuries. But we're to pray for this, you know, bread is a staple food, right? It's, it's like cheap as. It's like a staple food of every culture. And that's the whole point here. You know, we are to pray for our daily needs, not our daily greeds, if we can put it that way. You know what I'm saying? And so that's exactly what he's saying here. Bread represents two things. It represents our daily physical needs, not just food, but anything that we might need to make God greater, to build his kingdom and to live out his Will And if you never thought about it, let me share with you something very encouraging about God commanding us to pray this. If God is saying, I want you to come to me repeatedly and regularly with everything that you need, what does that mean God's going to do when we come to him repeatedly and regularly? It means he's going to provide for us regularly and repeatedly. Can you imagine living a life where you know and are convinced and you can see and experience God giving you stuff every day? Everything that you need, all of a sudden, provided for by God. 
That's what God wants to do. That's the Father's heart for you. And what do we say? Those are good and perfect gifts. They're not the, the shabby, destructive ones. God wants, to, wants you to come regularly and repeatedly to him. Why? Because he regularly and repeatedly wants to give you his best. If you didn't notice that in the prayer, it's in the prayer. Right? I want to encourage you by that. Maybe the greatest need that you have these days is strength. You know, God, I need strength, man, to live out your will. This COVID thing is just, it's hit me too hard. You know, it's hit me really hard. You know, I need you to heal my mind, my heart, my body. Maybe you're run down from all the demands of work or family or friends this season. Maybe you're feeling a sickness coming on, and what you really need right now is physical strength from God. God, I need your strength. We can pray to God repeatedly and regularly for strength. And what is he going to do? He's going to give it to you. Guaranteed. Or maybe your biggest need in life these days is guidance. God, I'm so stressed out. I don't even know what's happening with my business. You know, I don't know. You, know, you got to give me guidance. Should I step out in faith? Should I get a new job, a different do- job? Do- you know, God, I don't know what to do. How do I strategize to make you greater at work, at school? How do I get my kids to actually care about you when they don't? It's such an embarrassment at church. You know, whatever it is. You know, especially as pastor's kids. But, you know, God, how do I do that? I need your wisdom. I need your guidance. When we pray for today's guidance and wisdom to make God greater, what is he going to do? He'll provide for you. Right? That's it. It's that simple. Whatever, you know, or maybe your greatest need right now is truly something physical. God, the car, the only car that I have in order for me to make my business run, it just broke. I need a new car. You know? That's a need. God, I just found out from my landlord, you know, for the apartment that I'm renting, he just said that, we need to move out in the next two weeks because he's selling the place. God, I need a place to live. When we pray like that, what's God's going to do? He'll provide. Right? He will. Whatever your needs are, no matter how great or small, God commands us to come to him every single day and ask for those things. Why? Because he wants to provide them for us. He wants to be the answer to your prayers. He is the one that wants to be central and to get all the accolades in your life. Why? So, you know, that he might receive all the glory, honor, and praise. So if there's something that you really need for your life today, come to God confidently. Don't hesitate. God, I need this. You know, as long as it's a need and not a greed, God, I need this. So provide. I'm looking to you. You can come confidently and you can ask, knowing that he will provide for you. How do we know? Philippians 4.19. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will meet all of your needs. Not greeds. My God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. And he will. You know, when I first, at one of my previous churches, I was getting getting paid peanuts to be a full-time pastor. You know, you always hear that story that, you know, pastors get paid peanuts to pastor. It's true, okay? It's true, but not in this church. Well, no. anyway, you know, it's true. You know, no matter every church, you know, people get people don't get paid. Pastors don't get paid enough. Let's just leave it at that. Pastors don't get paid enough. Anyway, I was I was getting I you know I I had um, at my previous church. Here we go. Let's just get to the facts, Eddie Bing. Um, you know, after paying the rent, after paying the insurance, after paying for the car, after paying for all these things, I was paid so small that I only had less than $100 left for, for anything, you know? And we're talking, I didn't even pay, I didn't, even, I didn't eat yet. You know, I can never buy a pair of socks. You know, $100 for a month, 
Less, it's less than $100 a month. That's less than like 25 bucks a week. You know, how are you going to live on 25 bucks a week? You can't even eat. Anyway, regardless, so you get, what, what did I do? Something I, I don't ever do, which is I, I went to morning prayer. <laughs> you know, and I was like, God, I need to eat today. That's it. I was like, God, literally give me my daily bread. And I would just pray and pray every single morning. I went, you know, even when there was no morning prayer, I went to morning prayer because I didn't have food that day. <laughs> so you know, what do you do? And, you know, I'll tell you what. Every single day for the next three months, I never went without. I don't know how it happened. And let me tell you, I'll tell you just one or two stories. You know, like I, I would come home from morning prayer and, you know, nothing would happen. I, so I wouldn't eat breakfast and I wouldn't eat lunch. And then all of a sudden I'll get a call like at three o'clock saying, hey, what are you doing for dinner? And I said, nothing. I don't even know who this person is. Okay. Because it's like a new church that I'm a part of, you know. And then I'm like, well, they're like, would you like to go out to dinner today? I go, yes. You know, because I'm so hungry. And I'd go out to dinner. And so, you know, I'd look at that. I'd be like, oh, my gosh, God put it on someone's heart to think about me and to give me a call and to take me out to dinner that day. You know, we, we don't need three meals a day to survive, but we do need one at least, right? So, and I would get at least one meal a day for like three months. There would be times that I would wake up in the morning to pounding on my door of my apartment. I lived in like the security apartment. You can't get in without those key fobs, you know what I'm talking about? And all of a sudden, I get a pounding on my door, and I open up this door. I'm so angry. Like, why would you wake me up, man? You know? But then I'd find, like, garbage bags full of food. And I, don't t- I didn't tell anyone that I was, like, hungry. But somehow God put it on people's hearts to go buy food for the pastor. And I was like, oh, and I would just cry in front of these garbage bags in the hallway. Right? It's so, like, embarrassing. But that's what would happen. Because, you know, God provides like that. And, uh, you know, every day for three months straight, God provided. I never went without food even for one day. And that was such a great, that was like the greatest experience because you want to know something? Yes, you can say, wow, you didn't have enough food to, to survive. But you want to know something? I had God. And uh, it's all you need. You know, I... If I didn't go through that, I wonder, like, how close would I be towards God after those three months? I was so close. And the thing is, more than being close to God, my faith was the greatest it ever was. Maybe even than now, than today. It was the greatest in my whole life. Because I just believed that God could do anything and will do anything. And I trusted him for anything. I was telling my friends, like, oh, dude, I need like $10,000. Oh, don't worry. It's only 10000 bucks. You know? Oh, it's only 100000 Oh, it's only a million bucks. It doesn't matter. Because I just believe that God will. Because God cares for his kids. And that's that. You know what I'm saying? If there's something that you need, we can ask God. No matter how big, no matter how small, no matter how trivial that request might be, God will provide all you need to make him great. So asking God for daily bread is really depending upon a loving father who desires to provide for all of your daily necessities. That's the first meaning of bread. But there's one more meaning of bread that's actually referenced in the Bible, and this is very intentional as well. John 6, 35, Jesus says this. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Here in this passage, Jesus is actually, he like fed like the 5,000. And so, you know, he multiplied all these bread and fish and fed people on the mountainside. And he was telling them, literally, he was saying that, if you, you know, physical food, that's important and that's necessary. That's what he taught them. But then he said, but there's something much more important that you need to feed on every single day of your life. And that is what? The bread of life. Me. You need to feed on me. The eternal bread every single day of your life. If you don't, 
Practically, you might end up with a lot of things and a lot of toys in this world, but your soul will be absolutely empty. The greatest part of our our lives being so abundant in the Western world, the greatest part about having an overabundance continually is that because we don't ever have to worry about tomorrow's needs, we can actually spend today with our greatest need, seeking after and hungering after our greatest need, which is Jesus. You know, people who have to work like 12 hours a day just to put food on the table, they don't have time to think about Jesus. But people who have salaries that more than pay for our rent and our food and all those things, we actually have the time and the ability to think about Jesus if we, if we would just get off our smartphones once in a while, you know. Sorry, I don't mean to take a dig at that. You know, I, I'm addicted to. But, you know, but that's what I'm saying. We have so much time to do that, to really eat on the true bread of life. Maybe for some of us today, our greatest need really is Jesus Christ. Maybe you've been pursuing all the other hungers and all the other desires and dreams so greatly in your life that you've lost sight of your greatest need. And maybe, you know, you've been living your life so fervently in your job or in your studies, whatever it is, that you've forgotten to eat the true eternal bread every single day. Maybe your greatest need really is Jesus The moment you pray, give us our daily bread with Christ in mind as the bread that you want and need that day. What do you think God's going to do? He'll provide. And he'll provide in a way that will satisfy you and give you a deeper hunger and thirst for more of Jesus in your life. You know, oh, God, I'm not close to Christ. I don't know. He doesn't seem alive in me. Ask for it. When was the last time you asked for more of Jesus in your life? When was the last time you said, God, I need I need Christ more than I need life and breath itself. And you begged and asked and demanded and wanted it more than life itself. What do you think, what do you think, what do you think God's going to do? He's going to give them to you. Do you know what I'm saying? But the question is, how much do you hunger for it? God's saying, pray like this. Because this is what you need. Okay? So to summarize, praying, give us today our daily bread is a prayer acknowledging that God is the provider for all things and the sustainer of our lives. It's a prayer that affirms that God is a loving Father that desires to give us everything that we need in this life, especially Jesus. And lastly, it's a prayer trusting that if there is anything that we truly do need, if we ask God to provide it, consider it done. Because that's who God is, right? To close... Let's return back to these words, us and our, and I'll I'll close our sermon today. You know, the early church, they understood one simple principle. God blessed us individually so that we could bless, so that we could be a blessing corporately. God blessed us individually so that we could be a blessing corporately, right? God gives us money. God gives us ability. God gives us possessions. God gives us talents. God gives us positions. Why? so that we can help our brothers and sisters. So we can help our brothers and sisters pay their rent. So we can help our brothers and sisters eat. So that we can help our brothers and sisters learn new skills, actually be happy you know, and content in their lives, to live their lives for Jesus. God gives us individually. He blesses us individually so that we can use those blessings corporately to our church family. And that's a perspective and a principle that this verse and the next few verses are powerfully trying to convey. We were blessed to be a blessing to our neighbors. God wants us to be the means of provision to those who don't have as much in our family. You guys get that? Right? And in that way, we truly become the body of Christ in every way. Dependent upon God, but interdependent 
upon each other. What does that mean practically? It means just this one thing very, very practically. If you call yourself a Christian, that means you need to be aware. You are called to be aware. You are called to be sensitive. You are called to be attentive and compassionate to the needs of people around you. That's it. Right? Church is not just for you to get blessed and to learn something. Maybe you came to church today and God wanted you to come to church today to talk to somebody so that you can realize, oh my gosh, this person needs something. Maybe there's a reason why God gave me that exact same thing this past week. Maybe I'm supposed to share it with this person and bless this person with it. So if we're going to pray this line in the Lord's Prayer, it means volunteering ourselves and our things so that the needs of God's family can be met through us. God will give us all, all that we need, so that we can be a blessing to all of our brothers and sisters. True God-pleasing prayer and a God-pleasing life occurs when we regularly and repeatedly depend upon God to use his gifts to bless others. So let's ask God to bless us so that we can be a blessing to each other. You guys get that? Let's pray. God's given us so much, man. You know, God, we have cars, we have clothes, we have food, we have friends, we have community, we have jobs, we have studies. You know, we have so much. We have the ability to breathe, the ability to get on the internet. We have smartphones that cost over $1,000. We have so much. But with that overabundance, you ever ask, God, why did you give these things to me? God's saying, I gave those things to you because I want you to use those things to be a blessing to others. You know, use your phone to bless other people. Maybe there's some people that need some clothes, you know. Maybe there's people that really need to be taken out, need to be encouraged, need to be strengthened. I want you to be the source of that strength and encouragement to others. I blessed you with that. You're close to God, but there are people in the church that aren't close to Christ. They need the bread of life through you. Be a blessing. Continue to be filled. Continue to ask God for more so that your church family can receive more through you. That's what God wants us to do. As your hearts are aligned with his, he wants you to, he wants to use your life to bless others as his. Let's give ourselves to that. If you need Christ, if there's things that you need, let's go to our Father right now. Let's ask him, God, give us our daily bread so that we can share that bread with our brothers and sisters today. Let's pray.
Father, we need you for everything. We thank you and we acknowledge, God, that you're the, you're the sustainer of our lives. You're the one that keeps our hearts beating. It's not like we try. It's not like we can control it. You're the one that keeps our, our blood pumping, our, our lungs constantly moving, and our, our minds functioning. You're the one that gives us the ability to walk and talk and think and interact and share and talk and pray, all these things. We thank you, God, that you sustain us, even though we take that for granted. But Lord, give us the ability, the spiritual ability to continually recognize that everything does come from you and to be able to not only recognize it, but acknowledge it, to praise you for it, to be thankful for it so that we can live our life in in humble thanksgiving for all that you are doing continually. Help us not to live ignorant lives like that. And Father, let that translate into a, a heart and a mindset and a philosophy and a perspective It continually trusts in you and begs you for the greatest things in life, the goods, the perfects, gifts that you want to give us so that we might be a blessing to this world for your glory. Open up our hearts and our eyes, not just to the needs of our brothers and sisters, but, Father, to the true needs of our brothers and sisters. Give us a desire to be the instrument that you use to show our family how awesome and how generous and how beautiful you really are. God, there's a lot of people in our congregation that need strength. Fill them with your strength. It's been a tough year. God, there's a lot of people in our congregation that need guidance, that need jobs. God, we ask that you would provide, and we know that you will. God, we know that there's a lot of people in our, in our congregation that need healing, that need wisdom and strength and guidance. Lord, lead us so we might continually be looking to you alone for the answers. But Father, there are so many within our church that really need Christ. So God, make fill them with Jesus. Fill them with Jesus so that this family can truly be about Jesus. Satisfy us in a way that we wouldn't even want to entertain anything else. But we would just want more and more of you. So God, we thank you that you're that father for us. We look to you and depend upon you for all things. We thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.